The Marie Manucheri Show is streamed live over the internet. So if you have friends or family members living outside of the Seattle area, wanting answers to life's questions, encourage them to listen to the show and to call into the show to talk with Marie. If you are interested in receiving guidance on an issue in your life, call Marie locally at 425-373-5527 or toll free at 1-877-825-8828 for her insight into your situation. excited to announce the release of her brand new CD, A Healthy Immune System. A healthy immune system is the key to good health and vitality. On this CD, Marie explains what the immune system is and how the different components of the immune system function within the human body. You'll also gain a better understanding of energy medicine as it relates to the immune system. Marie shares exercises and meditations throughout this CD so you can create a healthy immune system and vital state of well-being. Also included with this CD is a diagram of the immune system and a brief glossary of terms for easy reference. To order your copy of Marie's new CD now, please visit her website at energyintuitive.com. Welcome to the Marie Manucheri Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Everyone and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. Today's show is promising to be exciting. We have—I have three people in the panel here. We're actually waiting for someone to give us the call, who will be also on the show today as well. But we have Diane Hughes and Hal Abbott here. They're local people here in the Seattle area who love their jobs. And I talk all the time about how much I love my job and how much everybody else. If you could please find a job that you love, and I, I think some people, because my job is so weird, they think that oh well, I'm never going to have a job that I love because Marie's job's so weird. I'm not going to have that fun of a weird job. But truly, there are all kinds of people in every walk of life who love their job, thankfully. Unfortunately, the other side of that is um, there's a lot of people who go to work every single day who do not love their job. And um, that makes me sad, quite frankly. Uh, I think that if you're going to spend eight hours a day and, you know, multiple other moments of life doing something that you don't really like, then I think that's kind of a problem. So today we have live in the studio with Hal Abbott and Diane Hughes. Diane Hughes is a chiropractor. Hi, Dan. Hi, Marie. How are you? Good, thank you. Great. And hi, Hal. Hi, Marie. Hi, Al. Um, Hal's a um, therapist here in Seattle, specializes in family therapy, and you love working with teenagers as well. Is that true? That's correct. Yeah, that is like your one of your favorite things, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah. it is. Wonderful. So I'm so thrilled to have you both in the studio today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about your professions, how you found them, how you keep them, what works for you. And of course, we're going to have phone um, lines available so that people can call in and ask you questions as well. So Hal, um, I was just talking to you um, again before the show. I've known you for a while, about seven years approximately. Is that right? Yes, I think that's right. Six or seven years. Yeah, right around there. And so I, I know you, but I didn't know your whole history. And you're explaining that when you were actually um, in your 20s, you were doing construction work and got laid off, and someone asked you if you would actually do some work um, for, uh, I think it was a, a company that worked for children or whatnot doing therapy? That's right. It was a, it was a, actual, a residential group home for delinquent teenagers who were in trouble, 
and they were sent away from their homes and had to be cared for and rehabilitated and hopefully um, then returned back to their homes and, and society. And I was asked by a friend of mine who was the director of that program. This was back in Vermont, in the state of Vermont. And he, I had been laid off from my construction job in the in the wintertime, which is a frequent occurrence in Vermont because of the, the weather. And he needed a residential counselor. And he approached me because he saw something in me that he thought was um, effective in that line of work. And he asked me if I wanted to try my hand at residential counseling. Oh, well, that's just wonderful. And then when you went into the program, you loved it. I did. It was as I was talking to you earlier, mm-hmm. I realized that the experience I had when I when I started working at that school was like falling in love. Oh. After a, my first, second day there, I, I felt enthusiasm and joy and excitement um, and just attraction to the work like I had never felt about any other job that I'd had. And, and I'd worked, I was 22, 23 at the time, so I'd had a you know, several jobs from my early teens on, and I enjoyed them, and I learned a lot of things, but I never felt that that love experience like I did when I started working um, in a helping profession with, with these teenagers. Oh, that's just wonderful. And then it, after that, did you make the decision to go to school and pursue your degree in psychology? I did. I did, exactly. I, I went back to school and, and eventually um, got my master's degree in the field of, of clinical psychology. Mm. Oh, that's just beautiful. And here you are, years later, still doing your profession and loving it, actually. That's true. I, I'm, I'm still in love with it. <laughs> One of the things that I try to explain to people that if they take the time to find out, experiment the things that they really like, it feeds them energetically. So it feeds their chakra, it actually feeds their bank account. It makes life easier, you know, more fun, more exciting, less stressful generally than individuals who aren't doing that because life stressors can build and build no matter what, you know, regardless of what's going on in someone's life. And when you have a job that you get up for every morning and you're excited about, it brings a lot of positive energy into someone's life. So, um, so that, that's wonderful that you still love it. And then we also have Diane Hughes in the studio today and Diane's a chiropractor. And we talked for a little bit today too, about your history as well. And you were actually going to BCC Bellevue Community College, taking some pre-med classes because that you thought maybe that's the direction you wanted to go in. Yeah, I started in just basic sciences, and um, I was running track on a track scholarship, and I was around a a bunch of athletes, and I've always loved sports and nutrition and understanding how the body works and how to improve performance, and I came across some students that were going to chiropractic school, and I'd initially had looked into possibly kinesiology or physical therapy, but... I found that chiropractic had more to offer for me. I, I could learn nutrition. I could learn all those things that I had just interest in, in learning more about. And so I just decided I was going to find out what I could about chiropractic. I'd never been to chiropractor before, so I kind of went with blind faith and discovered that there was so much um, that fit who I was. I mm-hmm. loved working with my hands. I like working with people. I love learning. I, I'm a... I'm a and student by heart. So um, <laughs> I'm always learning new topics and, and trying to teach my patients new things um, as they come about. And um, that is my passion. 
Oh, that is just so beautiful. Yeah, I'm so happy for both of you, actually. And what I think is interesting is a lot of times people stumble into their passion. It's not necessarily a plan. You're usually doing something else in your life and enjoying it, like how you said that you actually were liking the construction work that you were doing at the time. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yes, I was. I, I I enjoyed it very much. I was learning a lot. I thought I wanted to be a carpenter someday. My dream was to build my own house and and so forth. And and uh, I did that for a number of years. And at the time when I got laid off, um, I really had no idea that I would end up in human service work or helping profession. Um, but because I needed the job, and fortunately, the, the intuition of my friend who saw something in me that, that thought I would be good at this, um, I ended up taking that, that opportunity more out of necessity at the time and curiosity than, than anything else. Yeah, oh, that is just amazing. That is just amazing. And, and when we were talking a moment ago, too, Diane, you said that one of the things you love about chiropractic medicine is that then there's all these specialties. You know, once you've gotten your degree and, you know, gotten your doctorate, that there's all these specialties, whether you specialize in nutrition or pediatrics, and so that's what helps you to keep learning, correct? Yeah, there's so many topics that you can expand on and become an expert on, and my direction, because I love sports medicine so much, I went down the sports physician track and then decided, I don't want to so much be the doc on the sideline. I wanted to do the rehabilitation and improve performance, so I studied more on sports training and transitioning and a, a, an, any individual in from an injury to actually being able to get back to the things they love to do. So, and then it expanded into nutrition and and on and on and on. So, which, which are all things that you can work with your patients exactly, with, right? Exactly, every yeah. day. Right, every day you have something else that you can go ahead and talk to them about, right? Exactly. Right, yeah. I mean, an example is there's um, new information on nutrition in the brain, and I'm Mm. really looking and studying all the biochemical pathways and how it interrelates to other systems of the body in trying to keep us healthy for as many years as we are here on this planet. So. Oh, that is amazing. That's amazing. And so how, what do you do to help keep yourself excited? Or is it just simple? I mean, did you just wake up in the morning and you think about your day and you're thrilled? Or are there things that you do that help you feed your passion? Well, both. I do wake up mm. in the morning and, and I feel <laughs> happy to, uh, each day that I'm, I'm alive and, and feel happy that I have a job that I look forward to going to. Um, and so that that is consistent with me. But um, there's a lot that I do um, simultaneously to, to keep myself um, interested and growing in the field. So I, I read a lot um, in, in the field of psychology and new trends and, and um, developments in terms of treatment with um, with various populations of people and all the aspects of doing um, mental health treatment um, and energy work. And that's actually, you know, when I met you six, I know. six years ago, that was a, a, a new direction that, that my practice started to take. Um, and so I do a lot of reading. I do seminars. I do lots of talking with people, with my wife. My wife is a great source of inspiration for me and, and helping me learn and, and um, grow in, in, in my work as well as in my personal life. I know I was thinking actually about your wife, Gail, who's lovely, because she also does what she loves. And it's just rare to find people in the world, period, who actually do what they love, but to have a couple who both do things that they love. And Gail's a writer and very accomplished in the industry. And so that must be fascinating, you know, spending time together, all excited about what you love, chatting about it and sharing. Yes. And, and you know, I'm not a writer and, and I, you know, 
she's not a therapist, but we've both learned through the years together to take an interest in each other's work and, and learn enough about it where we can be knowledgeable and, and be, um, be stimulating for one another to be able to go into deep conversations about our work so that we feel like the other person gets it and, and is interested and understands. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And we also have our third person on the panel, which is Andrea Frizen. Hi, Andrea. Are you there? I am, Marie. Hi. You're calling us all the way from Sun Valley, Idaho. Indeed. Indeed. And Andrea is a gallery owner, an art dealer, who has a gallery in Sun Valley and here in Seattle. Yeah, and um, I was listening to your story, of course, because I've talked to everybody a little bit today. I know all of you personally, but not necessarily I didn't know until today and um, some of your historical events. And you were explaining to me, Andrew, when we were on the phone that you were actually a waitress and you were catering and you were going to be catering for a gallery. And so you went early before the catering to kind of check out the space. And that was the first time you actually went into a gallery because the catering was going to occur in a gallery. Is that correct? It's absolutely correct. In my entire life, I had never set foot in a gallery um, for probably a variety of reasons. But it never <laughs> went across my mind to walk into an art gallery. Right. And here you are now, an art dealer for 20 years. 23 years this December. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's just fabulous. So, and you split your time between Sun Valley and Seattle. Correct? I do. I do. Right. In fact, we'll be coming back home to our side of the mountains pretty soon. I will indeed. <laughs> I live um, with uh, Sun Valley having predominantly two seasons, summer and winter. I'm here those times, and then I'm in Seattle during the spring and the autumn months. Oh, that's amazing. And so when we were talking earlier on the phone, you know, I know how much you love art, and, and I know you love art, um, but I think sometimes maybe because you do it all day long, maybe you forget how much you love art. I don't know I'm, if I'm putting words in your mouth or not, because I've been in your home in Sun Valley. It is art from floor to ceiling. It is. There is art everywhere. Every surface is covered with art. Every wall is covered with amazing and wonderful art. And is contemporary art your favorite, or is that just um, the area that you do the most art dealing in? It's it's currently what I know best, and mm. and it is where my sensibilities uh, tend to lie. So contemporary uh, painting, sculpture, and glass. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. For me personally and professionally. Oh, it's just beautiful. And I've been in both the galleries. They are gorgeous, by the way. So thank you for having those gorgeous buildings in both cities, you know, bringing joy to us as we walk past the windows when we're in those downtown areas. So when you went to the catering event, um, it turned out that the owner, owners of that particular gallery hired you to work for them. It Again, through a circumvented um, story, yes, they, they called and and because I was familiar with the lay of the gallery and the alarm code and the gate and how it all worked, and I just said to myself, well, I, they know that I don't know anything about art and that I've never been to college, and basically I've just been a waitress since I was 13 years old. So I was very upfront with them on those truths, and if they wanted to bring me into the fold, um, I, I said, so be it. And. It was about a year and a half later, I became the director of the gallery. Wow. That's a really short period of time to move that high up. It, 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 it was a fast track, yes. <laughs> and then you opened your first gallery in Sun Valley. In 1986. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And then and about four years later is when you decided to also move and open up another gallery in Seattle? Exactly. Wow. And I had never been to Seattle before in my life. Wow. <laughs> so what made you, were, were you having people who were shopping in the gallery that were from Seattle? Exactly. I was shipping a lot of art 
uh, to that city and outlying areas. And and uh, with Sun Valley being a resort and predominantly only having the two seasons, I thought, well, if if I had a city, there would be at least the opportunity of 24 months mm. um, or 12 months, of course, worth of business. And, and uh, you know, I'm still... We're plugging along. I, I mean, a, a, an anniversary such as we recently had with the 20 years is, is fairly unheard of in this industry, and I remain in, in daily gratitude. Oh, that is just beautiful. And one of the things I'm noticing from, you know, Diane and Hal and you, of course, too, Andrea, is that it's not something you necessarily planned, but you were open. And I was just thinking, even, Diane, when you were going to school for pre-med, chiropractic medicine wasn't that popular at the time. You know, it wasn't like, oh, yay. Have you? Some people probably hadn't even heard of chiropractic medicine. Yeah, um, I hadn't. <laughs> and um, what was interesting, my first experience was my father actually knew a guy that worked with him that went to a chiropractor. So I actually got introduced to this chiropractic through my dad's friend, which I actually went in and became a patient and experienced it for the first time. And then later, another friend had introduced me to his chiropractor. And it, it was just through the experience of it and learning what they did um, that kind of directed me towards it. But even going to chiropractic, I had no real true idea, the full spectrum of what I was going to learn. Right. And so, but I, I had faith in, in the journey, I guess. And, um, I knew I was always taught, you know, by my family that you, um, go learn some skills, you know, Mm -hmm. just try stuff that you enjoy and, and, and take a chance at something that no one can take away from you. Right. And, you know, do the best you can and whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve. So I did it and um, it was a great accomplishment for me. I, I it, it was a, a wonderful time down there. I had a great time going through chiropractic school and learning all that I did. Oh, that's really wonderful. Yeah. And then how, after a while in your career, you actually went a little bit more administrative, not planning to pull time away from your patients, but administrative, um, going ahead and being promoted and, and all of those things. And then you look back, I, I don't know what the time period was, but maybe a couple of years. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm not seeing, I'm not doing a lot of patient care. You had noticed a change in your passion. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. Um, initially, starting out in the in the field of work, I was doing direct client care or counseling, um, clinical work with patients, and, and that's what ultimately I I enjoyed the most. That's where I got the most fulfillment out of the the one to one interactions. And um, but as time went on. Working in various agencies, um, opportunities for promotion to become director of a program or, or um, be in charge of this, um, you know, th- those were opportunities that seemed attractive to me and that offered more money at the time, and um, it seemed like growth. And, and so as, as the course of life um, unfolded, I, I found myself further and further away um, from actually doing direct client care. And in various jobs, whenever that happened, I realized, more in hindsight than at the time, um, but I realized now that I was not as happy doing the Mm -hmm. administrative work than Mm -hmm. I was um, doing direct care. Yeah, I really do think the whole thing's about happiness and gauging, you know, am I happy right now? Wow, I know, I know what happiness feels like if indeed someone has felt happiness, hopefully in some parts of their life, but particularly work-related, and then being able to, okay, wait a minute, that happy feeling is gone. How do I get back to that happy feeling? So really living someone's passion is is it joyful? Is it interesting? 
Um, are you smiling more than not smiling? <laughs> you know, because we all have bad days at work, right? No matter how much we love our jobs, there can be challenging moments. But when you can recover from them quickly, have some philosophy that helps put your mind at rest and know that you've done the very best you could, which I think is really clear and evident with people who do things that bring them joy. They really are working at a very high potential um, part of themselves because they're able to use more aspects of themselves because they're running higher energy regarding themselves and their work. Mm-hmm. So so that's absolutely fascinating. Marie, if I may interject yeah. too, it's also a, a, a tapestry, I believe, with regard to the joy. Actually, we were just talking about this in the gallery yesterday. With regard to staff members, for example, what I say, I started before they walk into the gallery. What are you thinking about when you're brushing your teeth? You know, are you excited? Are you happy to come to work? Are you looking forward to your day at the gallery? And it is that level of joy that creates more joy. And so the other end of the spectrum is the artists. Who are we working with that Mm. are a joy to work with? Mm. The same holds true for the collectors. You know, and people are people, so of course they're all over the map, if you will. But of course it's the ones that bring joy, mm-hmm. that you're more joyful in working with, mm-hmm. and it's a win-win, and you build each other up, and that's when more synchronicities and magic unfold, and it's, it's really quite beautiful. Oh, thank you. That was quite put, quite well put. Thank you, Andrea, very much. And what we're going to do is go ahead and go to our phone lines and let some of our callers ask questions about their jobs or careers of our panel, of course, and get some more insight. Because I know everyone has heard my point of view. <laughs> Everyone pretty much knows what I think about passion and joy. And so it's really nice to have an opportunity of other people who have created success and happiness in their life and their work sector to give you also advice to our listening audience. So who do we have on the phone, Mike? Uh, Marie, we have Kelly, who's calling in from California, and she has uh, questions about her career and also some questions about uh, diabetes. Great. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Marie. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have two questions, really. Um, One, you know, I love any insight with regards to work. I feel somewhat bored, um, and I've even lowered my fee and still no leads. Um, Ideally, as you know, I'd like to stay home with my little ones and make money. Um, so make money and not work as much <laughs> is uh, a goal of mine. And the second question has to do with I recently kind of got diagnosed with glucose intolerance, not quite gestational diabetes, which scares me a little bit. And I have a lot of fear and resistance around changing my diet at this point in my pregnancy when I have five more weeks left. So mm-hmm. any insight would be appreciated. Sure. Well, um, you, you know, the, and uh, you, I know you love uh, nutrition too, Diane, so I'm so curious to hear what Diane has to say as well. But luckily you've got five weeks left, so this is good. You know, we're getting down to the countdown. You were not diagnosed with the gestational diabetes, which is great. They're just noticing some warning signs, and that's a good indicator for you to really lower the sugar, you know, that you're eating right now and, and eat healthy foods and nothing, not like simple sugars, things of that nature. Do, do you have anything to add, Diane? Stress plays a big part, too, is knowing how to manage your stress because that will drive your blood sugar levels up. We don't really think about that the adrenal glands, when they're under stress in that fight or flight, it kicks in the cortisol, which kicks up that blood sugar. So stress is as even more important in how you manage it as just the sugar alone, too. So finding ways to relax and calm yourself down, you know, calm down, relax, find ways to find joy um, in your day-to-day. 
Yeah, and you know, Hal, I'm, I would love to hear your opinion too, because Kelly is, of course, in you know just about five weeks away <laughs> from giving birth to her second child. She has a how old is River now, Kelly? He's 20 months. 20 months. And um, and I, I know she wants to be working, but of course I'm recommending no more working. <laughs> Just rest and relax and en- enjoy this time. So do you have any um, advice for her input? Well, I, I was thinking when you were talking, Kelly, of your first question about feeling bored with your work, I, I think is what you said, and that you're really just wanting to spend more time with the, the little one. I think that you follow that that instinct that, you know, that's really what you're wanting to be doing most. Now, obviously, you have to work, too, and so you have to balance, you know, the need to earn money. Um, but what your your primary, um, your primary need right now sounds like it wants to be with children and getting yourself healthy so that you can you can be a good mom and and you can be, you know, with them in, in the the best you know way that you can be. Yeah, I agree. And, and Andrea, you were talking about being in the moment, and this is a great moment. Nice big belly, you know, a toddler crawling over you. Um, you, you know, this is a phenomenal moment to really spend time just with yourself. And all of us have talked about just being open and, you know, not planning things, not trying to organize things, not trying to push things into being, but just really staying as open as possible. Because there could be other resources or income that comes in uh, that uh, that you weren't expecting if you can just not worry and just be present with this whole lovely unfolding in your belly. There's the, the okay. classic uh, John Lennon line, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Ah. Right. Yeah. So so it, I know that doesn't seem that helpful, but I think it's the same thing we talked about not too long ago as well. You know, just really just enjoying where you are right now. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and I totally get that. And sometimes I just go into fear around money because I have people calling and writing, you know, when are you going to pay your bill and <laughs> behind and then we're looking to buy a house and, um, and then, you know, paying for quote unquote maternity leave. You know, it's, it's, I think sometimes, um, my habit to go into fear around that, like must make it happen. Right. Um, well, you, you know, and so I don't, it's scary that I don't know what it looks like, but I, I realize that there could be a shift. Um, coming my way. Right. And, and the shift will be when you can stay out of fear. So if you can stay out of fear, that will be a, a huge situation. Because when you're in fear, you're actually attracting more fear, more people calling, less income that you want. You're just going to keep attracting more and more of that experience. So even though what you're wanting isn't exactly here right yet, it's important for you to stay in that place as if it's already here. Andrea is a great example. She just finished an, an amazing, well, it's off to the printers, an amazing coffee book um, titled Speak for the Trees. With how many artists are actually featured in the book? 73 artists from around the world. From around the world. And some very accomplished, famous artists as well. True? Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember when you were, you know, the, all these ideas came to you and you could have certainly stayed in fear or panic or worry because it was a, a, a bunch of synchronistic events. You'd never written a book, published one. You're not an author. And and you just stayed in the joy and the happiness of what was coming rather than worrying about what could potentially happen. Is that true? That's absolutely true. Right. And now this book is now on its way to China where it's going to be created and then, you know, thousands of copies will be put on a boat and brought back to the U.S. Exactly. Yeah. So, So do you understand this, Kelly, about, you know, even though things don't look exactly positive at the moment, 
You want to think as if they are and feel that way because the universe only matches what your frequency is. It has absolutely no option but to match the way your body's vibrating, your emotions, and your feelings at the time. Okay. Okay? All right. Thanks, Marie. Thank you so much. And we're going to go ahead and take a little break here on the Marie Manucherry Show. You are listening to Where Energy and Medicine Meet, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Do you sail blindly through life with no compass, stuck in dead-end jobs and failed relationships? Do you know deep in your heart that you have a purpose in this lifetime and should be living a happier, more fulfilling life? Ainsley McLeod is ready to walk you through the instruction based on his book, which is a simple step-by-step system for decoding your soul. He'll teach you how to live the life your soul intended and guide you to a greater sense of clarity, joy, and self-understanding all in a matter of nine spectacular days. Join author and psychic Ainsley McLeod and Hills of Africa Travel for Soul Safari in South Africa this October. You will experience the awesome energetic boost of the African bush, the exhilarating nature of game viewing, and the therapeutic leisure activities of one fabulous vacation. Only 32 lucky people will have access to this incredible life-changing journey. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. Marie is excited to announce the release of her brand new CD, A Healthy Immune System. A healthy immune system is the key to good health and vitality. On this CD, Marie explains what the immune system is and how the different components of the immune system function within the human body. You'll also gain a better understanding of energy medicine as it relates to the immune system. Marie shares exercises and meditations throughout this CD so you can create a healthy immune system and vital state of well-being. Also included with this CD is a diagram of the immune system and a brief glossary of terms for easy reference. To order your copy of Marie's new CD now, please visit her website at energyintuitive.com. Looking for a great place to get the word out about your business? Then why not advertise on the Marie Menu Cherry Show? The Marie Menu Cherry Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Menu Cherry Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia, and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671 to find out more about advertising on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Rates are reasonable and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial. There's nothing else like it on the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I just want to give out a reminder. I'll be teaching a class with Dr. Astrid Pajari on September 12th between 9 a.m. and noon. Um, And the name of the workshop is The Relationship Between Energy and Health. So we're going to be using energy medicine and intuition for self-healing. Of course, Dr. Pajari is also an herbalist, so we'll be talking about nutrients. And we will also open up the forum for questions and answers. So that should be a a really fun, fun workshop. I'm looking forward to it. I know Astrid is as 
as as well. And you can register through the pajaricenter.com, www.pajaricenter.com, or you can actually call their office at 206-344-8053 to reserve a spot. And so here we are back in the studio audience. Today we're talking about finding a career that you love, doing something that brings you passion. We have Andrea Frizen from the galleries in um, Sun Valley and Seattle. We have Hal Abbott, who's a therapist here in Seattle locally, and Diane Hughes, who's a chiropractor. So they're offering their wonderful insights and the things that inspired them and got them into the places that they are today. And we're also answering callers' questions as well. But why doesn't everybody just kind of tell us where you are, where people can find you? Because I know people are listening and going, hey, I need a chiropractor. I need a new picture. I'd love to go have some therapy. (laughs) So, um, Diane, how can we find you? Well, I'm in Bellevue. I'm just north of Overlake Hospital. And... um I'm inside actually a spa and a day spa. And so there's a lot of services other than chiropractic services and my rehab skills and so on. So you can get massage facials and, and get your nails done. Um, My, my address is 2110 116th Avenue, Northeast Suite C. And my phone number is 425-646-7475. Wonderful. And how about you, Hal? Uh, my office is located in the Fremont Professional Center in, in Fremont, District of Seattle. And my address actually is 753 North 35th Street, uh, Seattle 98103. And my phone number is 206-790-6927. And how you specialize in children, adults, families, couples, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a marriage and family therapist, um, so wow. my specialty area would be relationships and working wow. with children. Um, specifically, I work with kids from about ages 10 and up. Um, so I do a lot of uh, marital work. I do a lot of premarital counseling. Um, I do even um, post-marital work when people are getting divorced and trying to figure out child uh, parenting plans. Um, and I work a lot with individual uh, men and women um, who are just um, either going through personal crises or transitions or personal growth, personal spiritual growth. Wonderful. And Andrea, where can we go to get some great art? You can go downtown Seattle, right across from the Seattle Art Museum, or come to Sun Valley, Idaho. Have a nice vacation and pick up some wonderful works of art as well. The uh, gallery website is friesengallery.com. F-R-I-E-S-E-N, and um, all the information can be found there. And what about the book that's coming out? It's uh, Could you tell us a little bit about your new baby that was just launched? My baby, uh, the title is Speak for the Trees, and uh, it's a 200-page coffee table book. It will be out uh, before Santa Claus <laughs> this year, and it's 73 artists from around the world, um, all of them using their talent, their words, Toward, um, toward the trees and with regard to the importance of our respect for them, uh, certainly the environment for sustainability from a historical standpoint. Um, Dr. Seuss is the author of the words, Speak oh, for the Trees. Lovely. For the trees have no tongues. Oh, that's just lovely. And aren't some of the proceeds going to Estelon and... I the Findhorn Gardens. And the Findhorn Gardens. Lovely. Uh, actually, all of the proceeds are. It's a... Uh, uh, the book benefits those two sacred sanctuaries. Wonderful. And, um, it's an honor to be able to participate in those places that, much like you and this radio show and so many others, it's a just a, a wealth of information right. that we can all take 
to heart and uh, move forward on our journeys. Well, and, and that's another thing I wanted to point out. When you find your passion, you have so much passion within it, you start to create more passion. <laughs> so exactly. it's it doesn't just end up being that one thing. You know, you end up teaching or lecturing or making books or studying phenomenal things you never thought that you would in, in your life. So that's the exciting thing about choosing careers that make you really happy. So we're going to go ahead and go to the phone line. So who do we have, Mike? We have uh, Sue from Seattle, and she's uh, thinking about changing jobs. Wonderful. Hi, Sue. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, I can't believe how perfect it is that you're having this topic today because I have an interview this afternoon, and um, I'm a teacher, and um, I um, love the kids and families I'm working with right now, but I really would like a new setting, and uh, so this job I'm looking at this afternoon uh, could be, you know, something I really want to do, but uh, it's getting late, and... uh, I'm, you know, feeling stressed about making that decision to change jobs if I get it offered. Mm. And then also um, uh, related to it is um, I'm quite overweight, and um, that weight is affecting my mobility, which is important for teaching. Uh, I have a large uterine fibroid, and then my knees are bothering me. That seems to be all related, but... My primary concern right now is, you know, just thinking about this, um, you know, making the change. Mm-hmm. Well, the, it sounds like you are excited about this new potential job. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, not worry about it, not not worry about the stress of the interview or anything of that nature. I would think about, wow, if I have this job, how am I going to feel? And if you feel happy about it, I would stay in that happy feeling, which is generally challenging for human beings to get out of their <laughs> brain, out of their logical thinking, and just go for the, you know, think about perhaps Diane going to school and she was going to go into MD school and now she's thinking about becoming a chiropractor or Hal all of a sudden taking off the construction site and working with um, teenagers and in their therapy or Andrea um, going to a gallery for the first time and then next thing you know, running the show. So maybe you can think about that as you're moving into your interview, which I think might help you feel open Uh and more relaxed. Like, wow, other people have been here before making huge transitions in their lives and you can too mm-hmm. and um, how about in our panel about diet or uh, exercise or things of that nature f- um, for more of Sue's concerns that she has well this isn't exactly about diet or exercise Sue but I was um, tuning into your um, comment about just feeling really stressed about the change that um, the potential change that you may be creating in your life by by you know, choosing a new job. And um, I'm curious to know what what more about that. Like, what is it about that change that feels stressful to you? Well, one is the timing, because school starts next week, or the teachers start. The other is, I feel bad about, like, abandoning the kids that I've been working with and the families that I, at my, you know, other job, you know, and um, especially this late in the day, in the day. Uh, but, um, but I'm really excited about this new potential, and and the and my what I'm leaving. You know, there's a lot of politics and other things that are not so good for me. And well, what what I would say just in response to that is, um, if um, if the, the this job you're considering does prove to be a um, a, a positive. Um, 
positive progression in your career, then um, you have to trust that leaving your your old job um, is is necessary and and okay for you to do in order to move forward. Because ultimately, you need to be taking care of yourself. And it may mean abandoning these children, but there's other people that can step in and do what you do and take care of them. Um, what's more important is that you not abandon yourself in this process and, and really stay uh, attuned to what, what is calling you to move forward in your career and your life satisfaction. Well, thank you. That's really helpful. Yeah, it really is. Go ahead, Diane. <laughs> I have a philosophy is looking at what is in your greatest, highest good. You know, so maybe making this change will be even better than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. So I, I would keep that in mind mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And do you have any words of wisdom, Andrea? I, I guess abandon is, it's a very large word. And, and uh, as Hal pointed out, you need to put yourself first. And I think that um, it could be handled in a manner where the children would not at all feel abandoned. Um and it, it can be a win-win where the children move forward in their education and the school does, and you soon move forward in your new direction. Yeah. Uh, those are all, I love how everybody's in agreement here. Like, go ahead and move forward in your life. I do have an exercise for you for the fibroids, though. Oh, okay. Although I, I do think there might be some surgical intervention coming your way from what I can see. Because uh, I think they've been around a while. Is yeah. That, mm-hmm. um, so what I would do, which will help even with the surgical intervention, if indeed that's the way that you end up going, is you need to get angry. Fibroid tumors are about repressed anger. And so you need to go in a room, lay down on the floor, and kick and scream like you're two. Uh, okay. Or four or five or my age, 48, because I actually do this exercise. <laughs> so you want to let the anger out of your body. And, and that's very, very important. Um, we tend to, women in particular, tend to repress anger in their lower pelvic cavity. So go scream and yell <laughs> and know that these children are going to be great. And we all wish you a fantastic success in your life and great happiness in every way. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Sure. Have really a great helpful. day. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye-bye. And we're going to go ahead and go back to the phone lines. Yes, and we have uh, Angela calling from Seattle, and she uh, has some questions about her husband's health. Great. Hi, Angela. How are you? Uh, Hi, Marie. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, My husband was diagnosed in this past year with a rare neurological disease, and uh, I wondered if you had any suggestions that... uh, might be helpful as far as stopping the progression of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's progressing pretty rapidly. Is that true? Uh, yes, it yeah. seems to be. It seems to be, from my perspective. Um, uh, and then, of course, we'll let the callers help you, because I can tell you're under a lot of stress yourself right now. And uh, th- and I'm very sorry, of course, for the challenges and difficulties you're experiencing right now. Neurological diseases are primarily seventh chakra experiences. Um, it runs the nervous system of the body, the central nervous system. And the seventh chakra, which is on top of the head, is about one's connection towards spirit, God, trees, whatever you happen to believe in. And when I look at your husband's crown chakra, it's misfiring pretty significantly. So uh, 
In other words, there's not a, a f- the flow of energy is being disrupted as it moves into the top of his head. It's almost like seeing sparks flying out of his seventh chakra. And the main homework assignment that I know that works really well to stabilize this vortex is to begin to receive unconditional love from the heavens. And, and so that means allowing white light to move into the body and thinking about through the top of the head so he could visualize that. And then thinking about something that he loves unconditionally could be a pet, um, a grandchild, um, a mountain and something that's really simple and easy for him to love that's not challenging for him. And then as he's feeling that love for that situation or person, transferring that love into his body for him while he's taking in the bright light. What generally causes diseases related to the central nervous system have a lot to do with denial. So denying something about life, like some people who work jobs for decades and don't enjoy them or, you know, things of that nature. Um, so th- that's what I would recommend um, for him to do if he wants to, of course, you know, if okay. that's something he wants to do. All right. How about from our panel? Any suggestions or comments you'd like to make? I would say that what's even important, too, is you as the caregiver, that you need to make sure you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that is probably the most important because what I see in day to day, the patient gets taken care of, but the caregiver... Um, I see in my office quite often, mm-hmm. um, yeah. even though I may be seeing both. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's so important that you take care of you as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hal, did you want oh, to add I something? I was just going to reiterate what Marie was saying about just the, that I think it's it's all of our, um, one of our primary purposes here in life is to learn how to give and receive unconditional love, whether it's through um, work relationships, family relationships, um, spiritual relationships, or object relationships. Um, when we're when we're doing that, we will be loved. We'll be will be conduits for love, and we'll be healthy, and we'll be engaged in in our whole life experience here. Mm-hmm. And that's only the that's nothing but healthy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, that's actually really well put. Thank you, both of you. I, I know I wanted to add one more thing is because um, your intra- your husband's in transition right now. He's in a health crisis and he's in a lot of energetic transition. And actually, so are you. You're in a ton of transition. So you really <laughs> are. It. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I mean, thankfully, your health is actually quite good from my perspective. And and so what I would use is maybe a prayer of something to the effect, whatever is in the highest good for all. Because I, I see you wanting to fix things and make them better, which I don't blame you, obviously, but to be kind of surrender in some way and, and say that some prayer with the highest good word language in it, okay, it can help free things and make you feel like, wow, I'm reaching out for the highest good for everyone involved. And so then that should hopefully help you to feel calm and centered that you've done everything that you can do. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We all wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day. And so who else do we have on the phone, Mike? Our next caller is Shanti, and she's calling from Oregon, and uh, she's at a crossroads. At a crossroads. Hi, Shanti. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Great. Um, yeah, I, I'm at this point in my life, I'm 30, and I, I'm really feeling like um, I've spent my 20s sort of working through some passion issues with my primary family, and I think a lot of the the issues that I had with my family were really rooted from past lives, and mm. my youth was an opportunity to sort of work through um, some issues. And 
my 20s, um, I really disconnected from my family, and I focused on myself and tried to become healthy and live a full life that I knew I was meant to live. And so now that I'm 30, um, I'm feeling healthy, I'm feeling more spiritually connected, more grounded, and I'm, and I'm ready to sort of take off in life, but I, I don't know where to go or what to do. Um, I just got my master's in counseling, so I feel like this real sense of purpose mm-hmm. and um, a real need to sort of be at service with people, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that's going to look like, and I mm-hmm. don't know how to achieve it. And um, I've been trying for a few months now to get out there and and um, find a career, and nothing has worked out, and I feel like I'm still blocked. There's still mm-hmm. something there that I'm holding on to, mm-hmm. and I'm not you know, um, letting go to work through to achieve what I, I know I'm ready to achieve. Right. Well, I know, I know Hal has definitely something to tell you, but Andrea, I'm, I'm feeling you. Do you have, was there something that you wanted to say to our caller? You know, I, no, I, <laughs> no? well, yes, but okay. I, I don't know that it would come out in a, in a way. I, the, the words I stuck on were out there for a few months, um, trying to find a career and, and I'm thinking to find something for yourself now that brings you center as well as joy and believing in the truth that the career will find you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, could, I could hear you burning, you know, all the way from Sun Valley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. You know, just allowing this career to come find you as it did Hal, you know, and Diane and Andrea and myself. Um, I wasn't certainly out pounding the pavement when I decided you know, to do what I do now. So, uh, so I think that's a really, that was perfect, you know, just allowing the career to find you like relax, surrender, let go, have faith Yeah. that the perfect situation is just going to call you out. And how do you have um, some advice? Well, not some advice uh, so much as a question for Shanti. Um, what do you think it is that you're holding on to either from a past life or from this life that's blocking you from, um, from moving forward? I would say what I brought into this life from my past life is a lot of anger, and um, I, I really made strides to work through that. But currently, I would say what I'm working through is is a confidence in knowing that I have something wonderful to give. Like I, I feel like I have this this gift to give to people, but I still lack a lot of strength and confidence in that ability to do it. Well, I think what what helps to build confidence is putting yourself into situations where you have a reasonable chance to succeed and building on each success is proof that you can do what you want to do and that one success leads to another and opens another door and so forth. And so, you know, you've just completed your master's program, I think you said, in counseling, and, and that's, a, that's a big piece of work that you now have behind you, and that's a success. And, and it, that doesn't always translate immediately into a, a, a successful career. You have to build a career. Um, so you have to start um, in, in um, situations that you're using the skills, the knowledge that you've recently acquired and the, the insights that you've gained through all the personal work that you've done. And start taking some some risks um, because it does involve that too. To, in order to succeed, there is always risk, and you have to have faith in in yourself, faith in in the higher the higher good, the the God or whatever you want to 
put your faith in um, that you know you will ultimately be okay in 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 you know taking this this opportunity to develop yourself that that's what we're all here to do and um, use and, and holding yourself back because of anger or fear is is only limiting to you yeah. and you, that's what needs to be let go of okay mm-hmm. Diane did you want to add something yeah I mean you know I started practice when I was 23 so it was very intimidating being a young gal at 23 being a doctor and telling people you know 30, 40 years older than me, what to do, <laughs> you know? So there, there was a little intimidation on that part. And, you know, what what I found was I found um, people that I could, um, that were my mentors and develop relationships like that or other people that were going through maybe not the same career, but going through the process as well. So I had, I created that support. And another thing too is that, you know, I've been, you know, being impressed for 22 years now, you know, there's times that, you know, things didn't go so great, you know, and through those, through those experiences where, oh, this didn't work out, you know, I I persevered, you Mm -hmm. know, or I learned something new. So those contrasts help me move forward. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it really sucked, (laughs) you know, so, you know, you learn from those experiences. So I always try to find the positive in it, even in in circumstances that were very negative and try to find okay what did i learn from this situation that can move me closer to what i really really want yeah i i think andrea you mentioned earlier what was it chop wood carry water exactly yeah yeah it's a meditation as well as um a truth with regard to there there's no quick fix in terms of what what our careers are, what we want to do, or what is our destiny. And I, I think that even, boy, Diane, as you put it so well, with regard to things aren't always strawberry fields forever. I mean, that's an understatement with regard to, you know, the tears that certainly that I've shed throughout the years of the gallery. And sometimes I can't find the answer very soon thereafter. Why did that happen? But trusting in at some point, I can look back and see the divine order. Mm-hmm. And it all does make sense. And, and I believe that that is the, the way toward the destiny, is through chop wood, carry water, trust, and stay tuned for coming attractions. Yeah, that, no, that was that was beautiful. We we all love that, and I think that's really true about too. What Hal said about you have to risk. I think all of us who are talking today, we've all take taken big risks, you know, um, financially, and also putting ourselves out there in ways that we didn't even imagine that we would. And we had to have faith. We had to believe in ourselves pump ourselves up, give ourselves pep talks. And maybe there's a really great reason that nothing has happened yet because what you're destined to come across just isn't available yet. It's it, And everyone in the studio is nodding their head, probably Andrea is too in Sun Valley, you know, that there's reasons why things don't happen at a particular moment and they're very good reasons. And maintaining your health and celebrating your most recent success, success of graduation, I think is definitely what's on the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that that's going to be helpful? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what I hear you guys saying is not so not focusing so much on the outcome, but just the process, like appreciating my life and where I'm at at this moment and living my best life through this moment and 
and you know celebrating my life and and what needs to come will come in its time and and if i'm you know in tune with this moment and happy with this moment then i'll be able to see what it is i need to go towards excellent well we have all done our job quite well here because you said that beautifully congratulations and that's what we all do every day in our own lives whether it's our career our personal lives that's what we do all day long, and it's really about making a choice how you're going to feel and be and speak and all of those things. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in. Welcome. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. I just want to remind everyone that on September 19th, I will be teaching a class at the um, Redmond Town City Marriott, Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life, and we will be working on past lives in that class. So it'll be an interactive all-day workshop between 10 and 5. You can go to my website at www.energyintuitive.com for more information. And I want to thank um, our panel and our guests for taking time off from all of your busy days, you know, walking away from your clients and your gallery and coming here to um, the station and helping our callers. Thank you so much for coming in, all of you. Any, go ahead, Andrea. I just, I, I didn't begin uh, my time with you today by saying thank you for including me, so I will conclude with saying how much I have immensely appreciated being included in this panel. Oh, thank you so much. It's a blessing having you as always, and thank you, Hal. You're welcome, and, and also thank you for including me. I had no idea what this was going to be like. I, I truthfully had never listened to the show. Right. I know you, but I didn't know what to expect, and it's been a joy. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and thank you, Diane. It's a pleasure having you. Thanks for allowing me to be part of this program and the journey, our journeys coming together. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Until next week, joyful blessings.